Well, good morning. And our second reading is taken from the book of Revelation. Revelation, uh, chapter 7. You'll find that if you're reading, uh, using the Pew Bibles on page 1291. Revelation, chapter 7, from verse 9. Let's hear God's word. After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands, and they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb. All the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. They fell down on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, saying, Amen. Praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honour and power and strength be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Let me try and rearrange uh, the pulpit for a moment. Isaiah 40 verse 11 reads, He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. It truly is an amazing thing in many ways that God is able to speak to us and to speak of himself to us because he is so very different in his very being from us. Yet he accommodates himself to us. He bridges the gap and speaks to us in a language that we can understand. And he uses at times various pictures to speak of himself. He speaks of himself as a maker. He speaks of himself as a king, and of a judge, and as a father, and so many other images besides. But perhaps the most tender Enduring and abiding image, even the universal image, is that of a shepherd. We have it here in Isaiah 40 and verse 11. We have it in John chapter 10, in Revelation chapter 7, and as we have just sung from Psalm 23. And almost in every culture we find in this world there are shepherds. Shepherds who love their flocks and who act self-denyingly towards them. And this morning I just want to briefly look at the theme of the Lord as our shepherd and look at several key emphases as we go through. The first emphasis is simply this. The Lord is our shepherd and he knows every member of his flock. John chapter 10 we read, I know my sheep 
and my sheep know me. It's quite an amazing fact. An amazing thing because, first and foremost, the flock of Jesus Christ is a vast multitude. There's so many Christians this day scattered throughout every part of the world who will gather together to worship Jesus Christ. A vast multitude of people now and in the past of history and in the future before us. And Jesus says, I I know my sheep. I know them all. And they know me. I know them. And that's again so amazing because God has so many other concerns. He holds the very stars in the place. The very grains of the sand there at St. Kilda. He, he cares for them. And every creature in earth and heaven, he knows each and every one. Every planet Every black hole and every space in the universe God is concerned with. And this flock, that is vast multitude, he knows us each and every one. He knows us individually. He knows us by name. And the glory is that he has always known us. Before we even existed, Before the creation of the world, God knows us. He knows us. It's almost a sense where God has never existed without knowing us. He knew us before eternity. There's not a time when he hasn't known us. And he has known us, not as some kind of cosmic statistician or census keeper. Someone who can lay his hand on a record book and say, Ah, yes, in 2014, I know there are so many Christians in Melbourne and so many in St. Stephen's. No, no, he he knows us by name. He just doesn't tally us and tick us off. He knows us intimately. He knows us individually. He can say to the angels above, I know that person. I know that man. I know that woman. I know that boy. I know that girl. He has always known us and has always known us, each one individually. He need not have known us. He need not have loved us. But he has never been without love towards us. A love that is eternal, a love that is real. He knows you eternally. He loves you from eternity. He's defined himself in such a way as a God who loves you. He's made his choice to be your God. He knows you. He loves you. He knows his flock. We have the pictures in Scripture of God putting our names in His book. Well, our names are in His book. They are engraved in the palms of His hand. He knows us. I don't know about you, 
but I'm no shepherd. Though my great-grandfather drove sheep from the north of Scotland and looked after the flocks of sheep that the Queen had in our gardens near Edinburgh. But I can't tell two sheep apart. I might be able to tell two breeds apart, but I can't tell two sheep apart. They all look the same to me. But in the olden days, shepherds, I'm reliably informed, had books naming virtually their sheep, knowing where they were born and when they were born. And that's the picture we have here of God. He knows our identity and he also knows our needs. Oh yes, we can tell him our needs in prayer, but before we even utter the prayer, our shepherd knows what we need. He keeps us under constant observation. He knows the changes and the fluctuations. He knows the pains. He knows the sorrows. He knows our very fears. Everything is open to God, our shepherd. And it all touches him so tenderly. He is not unaffected. He's not uninvolved. We are vulnerable to loved ones who go through hardship, who are in pain. We look at friends, we look at children, adults, and we say, I wish I could go through this for them. If you wish I could be in their place, that's how it is with God, our shepherd. He knows our identity. He knows our very needs, our cares and our sorrows and all of these things. He knows and he hears our every cry. What a great thing. He hears our cry. You can think about all the sounds in this universe, which are all beyond calculation. All the music, all the speech and the chatter, all the noise of natural phenomenon, all the earthquakes, all the eruptions, all the avalanches, all the thundering interplanetary collisions, all the noises we humans cannot hear that are above our, our, our scale. All the screams of the suffering world. And God hears it all. And through it all he hears the cries of his flock. He hears the sounds. He hears the cries. Among all the cacophonies he hears you. The cry of his sheep. He hears you. He knows your voice. He understands thick Scottish accents too. He knows who it is. He knows that it is you. But the truth of that can be quite terrifying at times, can't it? Where can we flee from this God who knows everything we do and all that we say? This knowledge that God has can be quite terrifying. But the consolation of this truth is that we are never out of God's sight. We're never out of his hearing. He doesn't say, whatever happened to... Dot, dot, dot. 
He knows us. We are never anonymous to God. He knows us in our needs and all our needs. He knows us in our loneliness and our isolation and our frustration. And that's so important to know whenever we go through the mill that God knows where we are at. He knows us. Paul writes, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Who are you this morning? Who are you? You you can say, I am the one God loves. I am the one. That is my identity. I am God's loved one. I know God. But more importantly, God knows me. There's the old joke that says, if there's one thing Prince Charles and I hate, it's name droppers. But here's a name you can drop. The Lord God Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, knows me and loves me. So the Lord, our shepherd, knows every member of the flock. And secondly, we see the individual and personal care that God gives to each member of his flock. In verse 40, verse 11, we see, He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. All those sheep, all these people, all with their individual needs, each one different, each one needing a different kind of care and a different kind of handling in life. And there are two types mentioned in this particular passage. First of all, we have the lambs. We have the lambs that frolic and play with new life. They seem almost inexhaustible as they bound across the grass, across the fields. But of course, before too long, they're all worn out. All the energy has gone. Seems that all they can do now is lie down. And on a long drive, in the hot day sun, they seem so vulnerable. Their little legs turn from pistons into floppy appendages. They cannot move. And so the shepherd comes and he carries the lamb in his arms. With a picture there on the stained glass of the shepherd with the lamb in his arms. The old versions had the shepherd taking the lamb and bringing him to his bosom. The NIV is closer to the truth when they're using the word heart. He temporarily carries him close to his heart. Such intimacy, such warmth, such a little lamb, close listening to the heartbeat of the shepherd. I had our own children who were premature. We had kangaroo care. And there they were, 
skin to skin in the intensive care ward so they could feel the warmth and the beating heart of mum and dad. And here the lambs are brought close to the shepherd and carried in his arms. These arms of God. You see, these arms of God don't appear in a vacuum. They appear in verse 10. See, in verse Isaiah 40:10. See, the sovereign Lord comes with power and his arm rules for him. And if we go on to verse 12, the next verse, who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand or with the breadth of his hand marked off the heavens? These are the hands and arms of the Lord Almighty who rules the universe, who comes in power and might, the one who can hold the waters of the world in the palm of his hands, who can mark and divide the heavens with his hand. Mighty hands, and yet tenderly comes and picks up the lamb and brings him to his breast. The famous Scottish preacher from the late 20th century, he's a free church minister, Douglas Macmillan, and he's son and I worked together in Fife. And Douglas Macmillan was an ex-shepherd who wrote about shepherds. You can still buy his book, a series of sermons on Psalm 23. Well worth a read. And Douglas Macmillan gave you the impression that he was a big man because he had massive hands. The biggest hands I've ever come across. I mean, your hand would disappear into his. He used to toss the caber. Do you know what that is? The big telegraph poles being tossed. They massive power and strength. And here's God's hands are even bigger. And they come. They come tenderly. But there's always that sense of woe betide anyone who messes with my flock. No one will pluck you out of my hands. He will rush to the defence of the helpless and the weak. The lambs need care. The shepherd is there for them. In the church of Jesus Christ here today, there will be lambs, young believers, very vulnerable. And of course, they'll look after one another. They'll go to Yoshi. They'll encourage one another, which is great. But we as sheep who are older in the faith need to keep our eyes out for one another. Remember what Jesus said to Peter after uh, his resurrection? Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Feed my lambs. Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Twice sheep, once lambs. Why that? Because the well-fed sheep will look after the lambs. So as we pray together, as we work together, As older believers looking after and shepherding younger believers, we'll keep an eye out to look after one another. But we, together here, are merely under-shepherds to the great one loving shepherd who will look after the lambs and bring them to his bosom. We are both carried in his bosom. Young people and old people are picked up from time to time 
so that we may feel the beating of his heart, so we may feel the closeness of his presence and the tenderness of his love, the compassion of the Almighty. But there are others too. Others that are mentioned here. He gently leads those that have young. And in some ways these are also so vulnerable. If you walk them too far or too fast, they will shed their lambs and come to all kinds of harm. So the Lord gently comes to all who have young, because they can be vulnerable too. But sometimes we think God is driving us very hard. We can't understand why God's will is such a way. There are times when he needs to pick up even the older believers to himself. It's not just for the lambs. The sheep need that tenderness too. I heard a story once of a preacher who knew less about sheep than I do, who spoke to a rural congregation in the west coast of Scotland up in the Highlands, which is mostly crofting, small farming, keeping a few sheep. And he said, stupidly, to all these crofters, you see shepherds carrying lambs, but like the picture there, but you never see them carrying sheep. You'll never see a shepherd carrying a sheep. Well, the crofters weren't impressed. They came out and they said, it is not true of nature. It is not true of grace. Shepherds carry sheep in nature. And our great shepherd carries the sheep when we need it carried. In his grace he comes to us to carry us and to lift us. It does not mean that he anaesthetizes us so that he carries us through life painlessly through the difficult areas of our lives. But it does mean that God in his grace and in his mercy draws near to us the sense of special care and love and encouragement so that we can carry on in his strength. Sometimes the most Precious of occasions with the Lord's grace is through the most difficult trials because the shepherd picks us up and carries us on. There are lambs and there are sheep and there are also the lost sheep. All we like sheep have gone astray, the Bible tells us, since a message to our church. You see, sometimes the, the shepherd driving the sheep, sometimes with a dog. And the flock of sheep are going towards the pen. I know Julia hates this television, type of television program. And suddenly, all going well, the sheep are following the shepherd's direction, they're all heading in one direction, and they're going to go in the pen, when all of a sudden, there has to be one sheep that goes, oh look, there's some grass. And goes the opposite direction. And there might also be another one goes, oh look, wonder where he's going, and we'll go with them. They wander off. They make a dash for it. And sometimes that's what Christians are like. That's why we have the parable of the, the lost sheep where the shepherd has a flock of a hundred and he goes to the pen at night and counts and there's only 99 and he leaves them and he goes after the one who has wandered off. 
God never gives up on his sheep. God's love never lets us go. There are times in our Christian life where we will be fed up with God, fed up with the church, fed up with religion, fed up with discipleship, fed up with the gospel. And so we feel we want to make a dash for it. Hit the, find the exit door and, and leave. But the relationship matters too much for God to allow us to wander away from Him. In our society where breakup relationships is so easy, where it's just a case, I, I don't love you anymore and I'm walking out. Here is God's love that is eternal. Here is His loving commitment. He will not let us simply walk away because He loves us. But it has in the old song, love that will never let me go. He will drop everything and come after you because you are important to him. The shepherd who has tender concern for each member of his flock and does so according to our needs. And finally we have the passage from Revelation 7. Our third point is the compassion of the great shepherd. Actually in verse 17 of Revelation chapter 7 for the Lamb because the picture is of heaven above and in the celestial throne room above we have here the Lamb who is worshipped. The Lamb at the centre of the throne verse 17 will be what? Their shepherd. The Lamb who will be their shepherd. Now if you go back to Revelation 5, you will see that the, the Lamb in Revelation is a Lamb who has been slain. The Lamb's throat is cut. He is Blood over the wool. The Lamb of God has come to take away the sin of the world. The Lamb here in Revelation 7 is our shepherd. Do you get that? The Lamb is our shepherd. We are sheep. Here's the Lamb who has been slain for us. What he's saying here is that the Lamb... The shepherd has our nature. He is one of us. And not only has he our nature, he has undergone the most horrific experiences for our sake. Here is the one exalted, high and lofty with all power and authority. And look at him at the throne. And yet we can say, he's he has been killed. He has had his throat cut. He has been slain. Imagine back to a flock of sheep. Maybe a sheep comes to the shepherd and say, Shepherd, what do you know about being a sheep? What do you know about walking on four legs with your head bowed down? 
What do you know about being driven for hours upon end through dusty roads? What do you know about walking near the cliff's edge? What do you know about going hours without something to eat or to drink? What do you know about carrying this weight of wool, this burden on my back? What do you know about the times of being terrified and lost and worried? What do you know, shepherds? And the shepherd who is a lamb, who has taken our nature, taken our body, responds. I know. I have taken your nature. I have become flesh. I have taken your body with all its frailty. I have experienced your pain. I have experienced what it is to have a mind with limited knowledge. I know what it is to go to school, to learn. I know what it is to experience emotional vulnerability. I know what it is to fear. I know what it is to be despondent. I know what it is to be astonished and frustrated and tired. I am the one who has gone through it all. I am the one who has looked into the will of God the Father and said, Do I have to go to the cross? Do you really want me to go to Calvary? To go all through this? You see, our shepherd, who is a lamb, understands. In my nature, he has gone through my kind of experiences. He has walked through the valley of the shadow of the death personally. He's gone through life's experiences up and down. And with all our human limitations that makes us human yet without sin. He understands. So you cannot this morning say that he is not touched by any feeling or compassion towards us. You cannot say to him, I don't, you don't understand what I'm going through, because he does. He is like us. He's gone through all of life, the pain and the darkness. He was arrested, he was betrayed by his own, by his friends, rejected by his families, crucified, beaten, wounded, afraid, astonished. He's drunk the cup to the very dregs. He is compassionate. He understands all that we are going through because our great shepherd is a lamb. Let me recap the three points. The shepherd knows you and loves you. He knows his sheep. He deals with us according to our own personal needs. And this shepherd finally has learned compassion by taking our nature and sharing our experiences. But as I conclude, what about us? What about the sheep? What about us in relation to that shepherd? The Bible says, Jesus says, my sheep know my voice. Where do we hear God's voice? <laughs> Through his word. 
We hear him speak to us through his word. As the voice of the shepherd, as it strikes a chord, perhaps even in your heart this morning, I heard the voice of Jesus say, come unto me and rest. We hear the voice of the shepherd in his word. The question we have to ask is, but are we following the shepherd? You know, there are some days where he leads us and it's plain sailing. Smooth paths. Not a bump in the road. Not a bit of gravel that we can trip over. If you've got feet like me, I can trip over anything. And it just seems that everything is going so well. And yet there are other days that can come upon us so quickly when illness comes. And feel that we are in some deep valley, or in the valley of shadow of death, where there are hazards, where there are enemies at work. But do we follow the Lamb wherever He goes? Do we follow Jesus? Sometimes it's not easy. Sometimes it's not easy to follow Jesus. And that's the time when we need the sheep the most. That's when we need each other the most. The support of one another. In our growth groups, we hear them Sunday by Sunday. <coughs> well, sometimes even the circumstances can change where we seem to be carrying a cross. A heavy cross to bear. But will we still follow the Lamb wherever He goes? I got a picture not long ago from people in the congregation back in South Africa. And it was great to see how young people were continuing on with the Lord. And it was great to see the picture of places I didn't recognize. Of course, that other people had come and joined. They'd heard the shepherd's voice and were following on, regardless of the path that lay ahead. Will you follow? Will you keep on following the shepherd? <coughs> and perhaps this morning, to you, who as yet have no shepherd. Stumbling from one direction to another, longing but frustrated, often disappointed, seeking for meaning in life, looking for some direction. You have no Lord. You have no shepherd. They, have, they follow no voice. What about the shepherd, Jesus Christ? Will you follow him? Will you trust the shepherd who loves his flock, who knows them individually, who takes care of them each and every one, and who has compassion that we will never truly understand? Perhaps you say this morning, I want to follow that. I want to follow that shepherd. I want to join his flock. If you hear the voice of the shepherd calling out to you, may God grant you the grace and the strength to follow him. May God grant it so. Let us pray.